Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONECURCITYCAST20. With temperatures nearly hitting 90 degrees today, a dip in the river sounds pretty nice, right? But even after decades of work to make the Willamette a safe place to swim, lots of Portlanders, including myself, still refuse to go in it. So where does this toxic reputation stem from? And how safe is it actually to swim in? Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Willie Levinson, the ringleader of the river advocacy group Human Access Project about the revitalization of the Willamette. He's also sharing his favorite spots along the river to swim this summer. It's Tuesday. June 6th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Willie, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you know, uh, I actually heard about you and your organization through a listener. Uh, We had a show, and I just made a very glib comment about not wanting to swim off of the Cathedral Park River access point uh and and i just made like just a a a silly little joke about like i wouldn't swim on the willamette and a listener named babs basically emailed me and was like actually (laughs) you can and just like laid all these awesome facts very nice like she was a very nice person about it um and it just like kind of put me in a weird like research hole where i just i didn't know so much about like the history of the willamette and the the push to make it safe to swim in. So can you tell us a little a bit about that, like where it was and how it's changed? Absolutely. So, you know, there was a time in Portland's past um, prior to the pioneers coming and taking over Portland from indigenous cultures, which have a very strong relationship with the Willamette and continue to. Um, The Willamette was a pristine, beautiful river, and um, as people started moving to Portland, there was a robust swimming culture in the 1920s. At uh, Ross Island in downtown Portland, there was a facility called Windamuth that had a swimming facility and a dance hall, and there was a shuttle, a boat taxi that would leave every 30 minutes to take people from the east side to Windamuth so they could dance and swim. It's like a ferry, basically. There is a a ferry ferry. that would take people to Ross Island to dance and swim every 30 minutes all summer long. Where OMSI and um, like the Portland Spirit is around there, there's a place called Bundy Baths. And we found a newspaper article that reported that they would rent 1,000 swimsuits a day in the summertime there. So in 1924, uh, there was an article we found where the city health officer recommended the city council to close the Willamette for swimming because of public health concerns due to sewage in the river. So at that time, 
there was literally no sewer intercept system. So raw sewage would flow directly into the river. So gross. So gross. And then in addition to that, pulp and paper mills would dump their effluent into the river that's full of nasty chemicals, um, meat processing plants, blood and guts would go directly into the river. Uh There were some sections of the river where the oxygen levels were so low that fish would literally suffocate and die. So our river was an open sewer at a certain point. So in 1938, um, the mayor at the time, Mayor Carson, helped lead an initiative to um, pay for a sewer intercept system, which is was kind of the beginning of having a sewage treatment plant. That uh, failed three other times before it did pass. So since that time, um, you know, Tom McCall, of course, is a really important figure from our past, past governor. Uh, there was a big initiative to do further cleanup to the Willamette. But today, uh, there's no scientific disagreement that the Willamette is perfectly safe for swimming. So I can imagine why it's been kind of hard to change that branding of, hey, the river used to have just open sewer. And let's be honest, sometimes now you can smell the river occasionally when you're just like, oh, well, that doesn't smell good. Or for me, in Cathedral Park, when I'm walking my dog, there's literal, like literal signs that say, hey, don't let your dog drink the water right now. There's an there's an LJ Bloom, they might die. And so yeah. part of me is just like, and you want me to swim in this? And it, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't like 1920. This is like, like, you know, six months ago. But I know that in 2011, there was a big pipe project, right? I feel like that was like the turning point of just like, no, no, we're really going to clean up the river. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I mean, the big pipe was a $1.44 billion investment that took 20 years to complete. And basically it put massive tunnels on either side of the river to add capacity to the sewer system. Because basically when a combined sewer overflow does happen, because it still does happen, um, it is because our sewer system gets over capacity because our stormwater and our sewage share the same pipes in most of the cities. But um, so the tunnels add capacity. And now that we still do get sewage overflows, you know, four or five times a year. But when they happen, they're me- measured in minutes and sometimes hours versus prior to the big pipe, they'd be measured in days and weeks. Uh, we used to have 50 to 100 prior to the big pipe. And it would only take a tenth of an inch of rain to trigger a sewage overflow. Now you really need kind of an inch, inch and a half in a 24-hour period, which doesn't happen too frequently, typically in the wintertime. Right. And you're talking that the sewage still overflows into the Willamette River. It does. It Yeah, four to five times a year. And no apologies for sewage overflows. But when it happens, it's 80% stormwater, 20% sewage. Um, and it does happen at a time of year that... Um, people generally aren't recreating in the river. But back to Cathedral Park, harmful algae bloom is a a very big problem in the Willamette, but specifically with Cathedral Park. um, Human Access Project last fall got a federal allocation of $300,000 to impact improving access to the Willamette River. We decided that parks would help partner with us to replace the Cathedral Park dock. Yay! Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, so. At Cathedral Park Human Access Project a couple of years ago removed twenty tons of concrete with a hundred volunteers from the water's edge from the north side of the dock. Uh, then this summer we're going to come back out in September and we're going to remove another twenty-five to forty tons of concrete. Then when the dock is replaced, uh, new modern docks are elevated by pontoons, which is going to significantly improve uh, water flow because uh, harmful algae blooms form when 
there's stagnant water, warm water, and nitrogen load. So um, being able to improve the water flow in there, we're hoping is going to alleviate the harmful algae bloom problem. That's amazing. I mean, immediately as as someone who lives in St. John's, like, thank you. I can't believe that an organization could find that federal money, link into it and sort of like get our, drag our city, you know, I, in my head, I know you're working side by side, but in my head, you're just like, come here, do this. <laughs> I yeah. love it. And, you know, it's funny because when I started my work 13 years ago, we had a very adversarial relationship with the Parks Department, with Bureau of Environmental Services. It's very hard, messy work to get a seat at the table. But at a certain point, when you don't go away and the people who you work with, your peers in uh, these positions of leadership realize that you're not a jerk, hopefully, and that you're a pretty good person to work with, you find that you have a seat at the table, and then you have to shift gears from being adversarial to working with friends. Yeah. I mean, going from year two of Human Access Project, where we had to argue with Parks and Rec to put up signs that say, swim at your own risk, because Bureau of Environmental Services was rightfully beating their chest about the big pipe project and how the Willamette's now swimmable to this past summer, working with Parks and Rec to name six safer swimming beaches. It's it's all about cultural change and kind of getting people to question why they feel the way they do about the river and challenging them right. to do a simple Google search on Willamette River water quality. Because even yourself, it probably didn't take too long to realize that the science supports that you can swim, right? Well, here's the deal, Willie. I used to work for the city uh, oh. as a, a in the water bureau oh. testing, and okay. I did that in two thousand six, two thousand seven. This is before the pipe project, okay. so this is where I'm coming from. Is I did have the data. Okay, well that's that makes sense, and that's why I was like, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah, well here's <laughs> you know? here's the other thing too. I think is that um, you know when a human being writes off a river and kind of says you know, well, it's too bad. There's nothing we can do about it. Turns their back and walks away. It's kind of a dark thing to kind of write off Mother Nature. Oh, but I didn't. No, no, no. I didn't write off Mother Nature. I wrote off the humans that were supposed to be taking care of that river and weren't doing it correctly. That's what I wrote off. I did not. Oh, no. If we all died, Mother Nature will come back and it would do its thing. All right. Well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, Willie's going to share his favorite swimming spots along the Willamette. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So what are some of your favorite spots on the Willamette to swim like? I, I guess I just want your your top three and what makes them special. Okay. So I like swimming from docks myself. It's really fun to jump in and get a splash. So number one, uh, Duckworth Dock. That's on the floating section of the Esplanade. Um, we That dock used to be for restricted to motorized boats. So it wasn't legal to swim off it or fish off of it. So it took us uh, six years of work with Peabot and Oregon State Marine Board to get permission to add eight swimming ladders that took less than four hours to install. This summer, we're going to be doing Duckworth Wednesday uh, DJ concert series with uh, PDX Popcard, 
and Lloyd's Eco District. So you'll be able to ride your bike down to Duckworth Dock, check out an awesome sunset, and hear uh, disco music every Wednesday. We're looking to start at either July 5th or July 12th. So that's super fun. Then I've really developed a relationship with Cathedral Park just with all the work that we've done there. So, I mean, once that dock is replaced, it's not going to happen until September. So we're really going to roll out a big party next summer. But that is going to be my favorite place to swim, no question, once that new dock is in. And then for the last one, I'm going to say it's a tie between, I'll, I'll just go with George Rogers Park, which is kind of on Lake Oswego on the Willamette. And the value of seeing George Rogers Park is that that is an incredibly used park. I mean, you go there and every day it's a river beach party. And what you need to do when you go there and you have a really fun time is understand that there's no material difference in the water quality between that site, which is about three miles from downtown probably, and any place in Portland, Cathedral Park, etc. So that is a vision of what the future of Portland's going to be if you have a chance to get to George Rogers Park. What was the tie? You said George Rogers Park and... George Rogers. Oh, the tie. I would say the next one would be Firehouse Dock. That's where our River Hugger swim team swims from, which is right off the Hawthorne Bridge on the north side. So uh, Human Access Project added two ladders to that dock, effectively making it a new public access point. Cooperation with the fire department. But uh, our River Hugger swim team swims across the Willamette and back um, every morning. Uh, Monday through Saturday. Uh, this year is our 11th year anniversary of that program. And we've had over a thousand individuals participate in our uh, swim team in that time. So if you're an intermediate level swimmer and you're into open water swimming, check out the uh, River Hugger swim team too. Super fun. That's awesome. So if listeners who are still not convinced, then just like, I don't know, it's t- it sounds dangerous or, you know, because uh, the the river is pretty, it's pretty fast. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've been on a kayak there. Well, the river in the summertime, when, when people swim in the summertime, it's, that's when people are most typically going to swim. The water current is less than half a mile an hour, actually. But what I'd say is that if you're, if you're not feeling comfortable with it, you know, that's fine. I mean, just go down and check it out. I mean, part my secret weapon has been patience. And ultimately, I'm not here to convince anybody to do anything. All I can tell you is that the river is safe for swimming from a human contact perspective. And, uh, you know, being able to do the big float over 10 years and having 25,000 people participate. You know, Jacques Cousteau said it very well. People protect what they love. So in my mind, the more people we can get in the river, the more the boogeyman is slayed, the more people realize the value in the river for our community. it's the world's laziest revolution. You know, you can make a difference by just jumping in the water and demonstrating to people that it feels great because when somebody else sees somebody else do it, actions speak louder than data, but they both act in concert with each other as well. Well, thank you, Willie, so much for the 13 years you've given to our river. Uh, I'm excited to try and, you know, swim from it from Cathedral Park. Hopefully everything will be cool. (laughs) I am still a little trepidatious, but honestly... I love swimming, so I'm very excited. You've convinced me, Willie. Yeah, we'll put your we'll put we'll put your toes in. But in St. John's, until that dock is replaced, you do have to keep an eye out for harmful algae bloom, particularly for pets, because pets have a really low threshold for, um, you know, it can cause a lot of damage to pets. So mm-hmm. uh, keep your eyes open for just green mats in the water, and typically where they form is in that corner 
where it's really stagnant. So hopefully when we replace it this summer, that problem will go away. Thanks, Willie. Yep, you got it. Willie also had some great tips if this summer will be your first time swimming in the Willamette. He highly recommends you wear river shoes because you don't want to accidentally step on glass or any sharp rocks. And of course, wear a life vest or swim with a flotation device. I like to remind everyone to please wear some sunscreen and don't take any personal items out to the river. You don't mind floating away because they will. And now for your microdose of news. Sales of zero-emission vehicles are surging in Oregon. One in every six new cars registered here in February were electric or hybrid plug-in. That's by far the most the state has ever seen. Still, it's just a tiny percentage of the vehicles on our roads, less than 2% in fact, and a long way from the state's goal of having 250,000 zero-emission vehicles registered by 2025. And speaking of cars, it might be time to get yours washed. We've now had more than 20 consecutive days without rain in Portland. It's unusual for it to be this dry this early in the year, but it's nothing compared to the longest dry spell in Portland history, which was 71 days in 1967. Also, a big congratulations to our regular food and drink contributor, Brooke Jackson-Glidden. Brooke received a James Beard Award this weekend for her local coverage as the editor of Eater Portland. We're very, very proud of her over here at CityCast Portland. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, why not share it with a friend or rate or leave us a really good review? It really does help us out. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs>